ask him for his help, his guidance, and his direction tonight. And uh, it's just exciting to see what the Lord is doing. Uh, there are seasons in every church. There seems to be seasons of growth, and, and, and the evangelism is paying off, and new ones are, are coming. And, and it just seems like it's in that season of evangelism. Uh, a lot of doors are opening, making many contacts people interested in church. So um, I'm just believing God that there'll be a, a great harvest, a good harvest, as we continue to reach into these different areas that we're reaching into. But God has to direct us. I can, I can try to do something on my own as far as ministering, witnessing. Uh, it won't be near as effective as if I let him lead me to the people, to the situations. For me, most of the time, it just ends up in front of me. Whether we're in a class, talking to somebody at work, the subject just seems to come up, and, and, and things begin to flow, the conversation. There's, there's a connection with that individual. They're listening, you're ministering, and, and things begin to happen. It, that all has to be born in prayer, stay alive in prayer. And, and that... I think you have to get rid of the concept that prayer is a lot of work. You, you have to realize God is going to use me. And I've got to get in tune with what he's wanting to do, who he's wanting to put in front of me, and what I need to say when they, when they do. Can I use a super carnal illustration? This has been on my spirit for, for two, three days, and it's dangerous, but... In, in the NFL, when a running back makes a good run, first down, touchdown, he, when he gets up from uh, the pile, everybody pile on him, he does this. And he starts saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. I wonder if we could speak to the Lord and say, God, feed me. What do you want me to say? Feed me. You're using me, but you need to feed me because, because that's, what I, that's the direction I'm needing. Then one guy actually had a towel, started wiping his face. Uh, because, well, I keep feeding me, keep feeding me. We can get this done. Really, if the Lord, if you let him feed you tonight, there's some great things that are going to happen in your life and your family members and those that are around you. Let's take a few moments and pray and just say, God, feed me tonight. Just feed me. What do you want me to do tonight? Where do you want me to be at tonight? How do you want me to uh, position myself in the Holy Ghost? Lord, we come to you tonight in the name of Jesus. Uh, we cannot do this on our own. But Lord, we know tonight I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm asking you tonight, God, to let your anointing come into this place, God. Lord, I pray tonight you would empower your people, your children, Lord God, that there would be a holy anointing in this place tonight, that God, you would feed us, God. Feed us what we need, God. And then help us, Lord, with what you feed us with to act upon it, Lord God. And allow that Spirit of God to work in my life and move in my spirit tonight, God. I need you tonight, God. I know in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. I know tonight that I can't do this carnally and, and expect the move of God in my life. But oh God, if you'll feed me, if I'll open my heart, if I'll surrender myself to you, Lord God, 
if thou get me out of the way that you could work in my life, God. There's no telling what you could do in the Holy Ghost in our lives, Lord God. And so we're here tonight to position ourselves, Lord God, in a place that you're going to work and move and bring me to that place of, uh, of ministry, God. Because we all have ministry, Father, and we, we want to use what you have put in us, Lord God. I pray tonight that, Father, there could come impartation of the Spirit of God into our spirit. Whatever we're going through, wherever we're at, whatever may be the need in this house tonight, Lord God, I pray you'd meet that need, you'd touch, you'd bless, you'd anoint, Lord God. You would lead, you would guide. I'm asking it in the name of Jesus tonight. Come on, let's just press in a little bit more. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Lord, we love you tonight. We love you tonight, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You're more than enough, God. You're more than enough tonight, God. I need you tonight. I need you, Lord. Help me, Lord. I come desperate tonight, God, desperate for your voice, desperate for the move of God in my life. Lord, I came needing direction tonight, Lord God. I came with a need, Lord God, and I'm expecting, Lord, the move of God, and that you'll meet that need in the Holy Ghost tonight, God. In the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How many are expecting something to happen tonight? I, wanna, I want God to work. Every time we come together, and the day of the week should never matter. It shouldn't be just Sunday morning. Let's expect something great. Let, let's just let God do something great tonight. Amen? So good to have Bishop Schoonover with us tonight. We just want him to come and, and minister and uh, speak to us. Praise God. I think most here are familiar with stories in Scripture, the Old Testament. Moses went up onto the mountain. Okay, saw enough lips moving there. I think everybody remembers. Moses came down off the mountain. Did he appear the same to the men that saw him when he came down the mountain as when he went up the mountain? How would you recall? Give me a word. What, how could you describe? Okay. Glow. Glory. Something was on him. Now, you've seen the artist renditions of Jesus and a moon around his head. You know, that's an artist's rendition. What's he trying to show? He's trying to show... What was described in the scripture as a glow, something that was visible. Now, uh, you may have heard me share the story from time to time, but there was a woman who was attending the church years ago, actually all her sisters, it was the Horseman family, there was a bunch of them, there were nine sisters, and they all had kids, and they were coming to the church there over on McKinley, and uh, Gilda Horseman, she when I looked at her face, it looked like stone. It just looked like it was carved out of stone. She was so hard. 
But I watched her get baptized in Jesus' name. And when she went down in the water with her stony face, I was shocked when she came out of the water. It was like the face of an angel. Now, her countenance immediately changed. So, when I look at that, I would say there was a, some kind of transformation taking place. Now, I know that the, the scripture talks about the, the transformation that comes by the renewing of our minds. And that's not an instantaneous transformation. That develops over time. Because as we ingest the word of God, as we hear and receive the word of God, and as we pray and practice the word of God, there is a transformation that comes to our life. But what I witnessed was the evidence of an immediate change from the time it took her to go under the water and come back out of the water. I've seen a lot of people get baptized. I haven't seen it like that every time. We baptized a young lady out on the front lawn of the building in Wapato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might have been there, Leland. And when she went down in the water, while she was under the water, I saw her begin to speak with other tongues. <laughs> under the water and then came up out. i would never seen it like that before. I did that day. That was a, an immediate transformation taking place. Now, we might call that a work that has begun. It's obviously begun because you're a witness of it. You you see it. And now you have to watch over time because the Lord said he would finish the work. He is able to finish that which he has begun in us. Now, sometimes he's working with very pliable clay. And the changes can come very quickly. But you know, all clay is not the same. Some clay is a little tougher. Some, it's like rubber, it bounces right back. And that's how we are in his hand. Even though he is attempting to shape us, attempting to fashion us after his liking. In other words, look, you're you're just raw material in my hand right now. now. Now work with me. Be pliable in my hand. Let me shape you. Daniel Garcia, every time I look at you, I reflect back to a moment. I can still see it. It's a video plays over and over in my head. Whenever I see you, this video plays over. You remember the old baptistry with the stone front? It wasn't real stone. It was like, paneling or something we'd put on that thing you were right there on your knees there was a step that run over to it and you were right there on your knees and i remember you were praying and you were praying in the spirit and you went back like this how's he arching back so far i didn't even know he's he could bend like that but there was a glow on you that in that moment i've never forgot it I've never forgot it. Now, I know a lot of times passed and a lot of situations like in all of our lives. But let me assure you, he is able to finish that which he has begun. He is able to finish that which he has started in us. And we can't ever forget that. 
No matter the circumstances that have presented themselves. No matter the events and how they have played out in our lives. And good decisions, bad choices, whatever they are. He is able to finish that which he has begun in us. Let's pray for a minute. Father, continue the work. Come on, continue the work in me, Jesus. Continue the work in me, Jesus. You have suffered long with my life. I pray, continue the work. Continue the work. It is a perfect work. We excuse ourselves and sometimes we fault ourselves and letting others know just how imperfect we are. Well, we're all in the same boat. We're flesh. But I'll say this. We are perfect flesh. What all that encompasses and all of its faults and failures... Settle it in your mind. You're not going to be an angel. You are flesh until we leave here. But God takes imperfect man and does a perfect work. Perfect work. Let's pray again. We submit ourselves to you, Lord, in humility as clay on the wheel of the potter. Take me, mold me, fashion me after your purpose and your liking, O oh God. I can only just stand yielded to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I'll not resist your hand. I'll not resist your hand, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Uh, some time ago, Elder Flowers, I think he was teaching maybe in Sela, but he, he started talking about the voice of the Lord and us learning and hearing how we hear the voice of God. He was talking about the different churches in Asia, and I think he was describing the various ways. His approach to them was different, each one, and their way of hearing and receiving of him was different, each one. And he talked about the imperative that we learn as an individual how it is we hear from God. All right? How, our, how his voice becomes made known unto us. Now, I was kind of joking uh, one time while I was here when I, you know, I, I could say I believe in spirit-led evangelism, but in my case, it's kind of a food-led evangelism. Can't explain that. I just know it happens. I don't do anything to produce it. So I'm at the house this afternoon and it's getting late. And my wife says, honey, why don't you just go ahead and stop and get you a bowl of faux tie there in Union Gap on your way to church. Now, that's her way of saying, I'm cleaning the house. I don't want to make a mess. I'm not wanting to make you dinner. That was her way of saying that. But I caught the clue. 
Oh, well, the phone rang. I uh, got somebody wanted to talk to me, and I ended up on the phone right to the last minute, just about. And uh, quickly changed, jumped in the car, headed down here, and as I'm driving by, the car starts to sweet swerve. <laughs> I turned into the parking lot because I thought I got just enough time. I could at least get three spring rolls. Don't have time for a bullifo. I park the car, I go and head inside, I walk in and I look, and lo and behold, there's a young man sitting there. He's come with somebody else several times, attends the school, goes to the P7 club. I didn't even remember his name. There he is, sitting there with a couple of guys from work and empty seat right next to him. Hey, how you doing? So we have the little brief encounter, and we're talking, chit-chatting a little bit. And I scarfed down my spring rolls, and I got to get out the door. But I, I don't know. I just thought I'd make a little gesture. I didn't meet the other guys, but I grabbed their ticket. I went up and paid for it, and they followed me up to the counter. Don't do that. We want to do that for you. You know? I don't know. I got it. I got it. And uh, I headed out to the car. When I got to the door, door of my car, there was somebody behind me. It was the young man. And he said, would you pray for me? And he began to share some of his struggle and what he was wanting prayer for. So in the parking lot, in between our cars, I laid hands on him and prayed for him. Now, I've seen that kid in service many times. And I don't know if there was ever any great impact there. But in that parking lot, in a few moments... When God knows the moment and the time. Now, you got to learn how he leads you. He leads me with food. Sorry. I don't apologize. Well, I just apologize, but I don't apologize for that. He just seems to do that. And I could tell many more stories than you know that. But the, here's, the, here's the, the, the moral of the story. Learn how... He directs you. Learn how he leads you to people. It truly is spirit-led evangelism. I believe in evangelism. But I, being, I believe in being led of God in my evangelistic effort. Because then there's very little effort involved except just waiting on him, being obedient, and then participating in the moment. Okay? All right. Let's read out of the Bible. What do you say? Second Corinthians at chapter five. Verse starting at verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things 
are become new. Now I can read that. I can receive that. And I do my best to believe that. But I'm still going to have to fight off the accusing voice of the accuser. The accuser of the brethren. If any man be in Christ, what does it mean to be in Christ? In the context of Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. Having a working knowledge of the book of Acts, outpouring of Pentecost, the uh, death, burial, resurrection of Christ, the application Peter told them on the day of Pentecost, and what it was that happened in those Various groups and body of people that became believers, which eventually would be the recipient of these letters. It was those who had repented. They were baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins. That's when the blood was applied. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. The blood is applied at repentance and water baptism. That little joining word, and, brings those together. You can't separate the two. But here's what I'm telling you. You need to know when the blood's been applied. You need to have a working knowledge of when the blood has been applied. So they've repented and been baptized in Jesus' name. By immersion, in water, they went all the way under. In the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And then they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they are endeavoring to walk in relationship and in communion with God. So they are praying. They are getting together and fellowshipping. They are in the word of God and reading. They are communing with God. They are in Christ. And then they make a blunder. We like to use the word mistake in a broad sense. (laughs) When really it's a poor decision, bad choice. You did it. And so then we have to go back and remember. If any man sins, if he confesses his sins after he's been baptized, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Now, we got to push through a bunch of verbiage. It's the verbiage that the enemy's using on us. Yeah, you did it. He knows you did it. Come on. The evidence convinced you. And we got to press beyond, press beyond. Press back into that place where we know the blood has been applied. Therefore, I can now confess my sin to my father. And he's faithful. He's just to forgive me my sin. So that I continue to walk in Christ and be a new creature.
Ah, the enemy, he's a deceiver. He is a deceiver. Say, get back. Get away from me. Shut your mouth. I'm clean. I'm in Christ. I'm a new creature. No, No matter what yesterday was, no matter what last week or last month or the last five years, Now is the now. I am in Christ. And that's how you've got to live for God. Day by day. Sometimes it's moment by moment. And coming back. A righteous man falls seven times. But he gets back up again. And again. And again. And again. You know, you can develop muscle memory. Getting up. To where it's almost automatic. You're more prone to getting up than you are staying down. Muscle memory. I got up so many times. I've developed a good habit. And so the the moving forward becomes greater than the falling backward. Because you refuse to quit. I love the anointing and the word of God. You know what it does? It's like a wind that sweeps in and blows out all the clouds and the fog. It brings clarity in a moment of time. Clarity. This writing goes on and begins to talk about the the reconciliation to those that are in Christ. I don't feel to move past this. I'm a believer of that and I feel very strong about that. But I, I don't want to move past this. Is there anybody in the room here that is of age that has not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins? So it looks like we've all been baptized in Jesus' name. We all. So we come into the room here. And we bend a knee. We open our mouth and we begin to pray and commune with God. We clear the air, in a sense, of anything, anything, any wrong. We clear the air. Immediately, you realize that positions us all in the same place. With Him. That's what brings a spirit of unity into the house. Because our unity is not brother to brother. It's we're unified with him. Praise God. So the glow. It's 
not a, just a clean face. It's not a bad idea. Brush your teeth, wash your face before you come. Don't forget your ears. <laughs> but there's a glow, there's a shine. The glory of God tenting upon believers in a bed of peace. Why don't you stand with me? I don't, uh, <clears throat> it's not my practice to fill a time slot. I feel a release from my part. Are you where you need to be? In your expression between you and him? In your prayer and your praise and your adoration to In your walk in Christ, are you there? Are you there? Why don't you lift his name up for a little bit here? <clears throat> right now, why don't you raise your voice a little bit to him? Upraised hands, uplifted hands, upraised voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy of my praise, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. <clears throat> In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know... <clears throat> I don't want to let you go. I'm not willing that you perish. I will that you would repent and come back to the truth. I didn't come in here on a, on a cloud of glory tonight. Okay? It was all flesh. Working my way in here. Wanted to start to pray and it was like, it was all work. My voice has already been stressed this week, and so it was like, it's work, and I'm trying to get somewhere. And <clears throat> I didn't quit. There were others that came in, and they were in the same boat, and they began to commune with God, reach out, pray a little bit. And look where we've come to now. 
Now, it's experience that tells you, I just got to keep pressing through this. I got to press through this flesh. This is flesh in my way. I need to, I need to enter in. I got to enter in. And so I keep pressing. And then when somebody else begins to enter in, there's some kind of a cosmic connection that takes place in the spirit that your prayer begins to empower my praying. And possibly my praying begins to empower your praying. And all of a sudden together, we have this breakthrough. And things begin... Besides things getting accomplished it's it's all of that that affects the dynamic of what now takes place from here you understand we're members one of another we have spiritual connection in the body and so we affect one another Your praying has affected me. And it has made this environment an environment that the rhema of God will begin to flow in the house. Okay? Doesn't have to happen even under this ceiling. This can happen in your house meeting, your Bible study, your your, uh, hyphen group. If you come into the group with the idea, I want to touch God. I want to commune with God. Is there anybody else? Let's, let's, let's meet Him there. You know, we, we don't do that just to have the good feeling. What we're, we're, we're moving towards is a flow of word that will minister. Okay? It's not the same if I just open this and start reading to you scriptures out of the Bible. You hear them in your ears. You process them with your head. It's not the same. You, you see the difference? We, we, I don't want to say we create the environment because we just come into agreement with the environment when we commune with God. But that's, that is what produces that, that place of pure flow. Of the ministry of God's spirit. Using his word. That's ministry. Amen. You can be seated for just one moment. I'm not going to take a lot of time. I was packing up my things from work today, getting ready to leave, and thinking about the service tonight, thinking about if I was supposed to speak, thinking about what I might say. I hadn't felt any clear and and specific direction, nothing was jumping out at me, and the, the Lord said, why don't you just try confessing a little bit? And I thought, did I hear you right? I don't know how to preach that. I don't know how to teach that. But Bishop just preached that and taught that. We, I, 
I tell you what, I've, I've been in church long enough to get know that people start to get nervous when you, when you just mention the word confess. <laughs> because there's a lot of stuff that you might feel like confessing that I don't want to know. And there's a lot of stuff I might feel like I need to confess, but I don't want you to know it. So I was thinking and talking to the Lord, okay, what do you mean by, why don't you just try confessing a little bit? You, you mean you want me to get up there and tell everybody everything I did wrong? No. No, thank the Lord. That's, he did not say yes to that. And then, okay, I thought, okay, well, then who do I need to tell what? And still nothing. See, the scripture, we go here in our minds sometimes, but this is not the way what we're hearing tonight leads you to. The scripture in James says, confess your faults one to another and you shall be healed. The exact same verse says, the effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That is not what we are talking about tonight. Okay, and we got to draw that distinction. I think it'd be helpful if you draw that distinction because I'm, I hear the word confess and I think, okay, well, who should be knowing stuff about me that maybe they don't know and I can go fill them in? Stop right there. To confess, as we have heard it tonight, it simply means to agree with, to come into an agreement with, with what? With truth. With Him. He knows everything. So I'm not going to fill Him in on anything. Oh, we need a confession session. Okay, Lord, well, let's just... You remember last week when I, you know, I, I had that thought or that action or that, you, yeah, you remember, I'm sure you remember that, but let's dredge that up a little bit so I can get to a point where I can confess it. No, that's not what we're talking about. He knows it. He was there. He knows everything. What I'm doing in that act of confessing is bringing myself in line with truth. It's the truth of everything including where I am in God. I'm acknowledging where I am in God when I confess that. Hey, man, I told you I wasn't going to keep you long. Why don't you stand? Let's pray one more time. Father, I'm thankful for your presence that's here. I'm thankful for the truth, Lord. I'm thankful for the witness of your spirit that we feel here tonight. I'm thankful that you are the loving Father that would draw us by your side, that would bring us into your side, that would reveal your truth, your word to us, Father. God, we pray it is the rhema of the Holy Ghost that we long for. It is the free flow of your Spirit that we long for, Jesus. God, I pray that you would remove hindrances, remove blockages, Lord. Anything that would... Prevent that flow of your spirit and where a, a confession needs to be made by me, Lord. I pray that with humility, God, I pray that with honesty, with openness, I would be willing to confess with you in the name of Jesus. Come on. Why don't you just let your spirit reach out to him a little bit? 
Hikata haye andarala mahaya. Take me to a place of communion with you, Father. I want your spirit to be able to flow, Lord. I want your spirit to be able to flow, Jesus. Andala satahaye, Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, he katahaye. Oh, we lift you up, Father. We lift you up, Father. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. There is a clarity that I feel here. It's a clarity that I feel that's been ministered and, and, and we need to receive it. We need to become used to it. You know, I, I used to feel... I. I used to be able to tell sometimes, I'm not going to say, I don't mean to make myself sound like anything great, but every now and then, especially going into a church service, I, I didn't always feel this, so I knew that whenever I did feel it, something was different. And there, it, was like, it was just like, if I can use this word, a lightness was there. And not just about me, it was about what I was feeling in the atmosphere. And it's like, man, where's the, where's the, uh, the heaviness that we're used to? Because it's not here. And I tell you what, when you start with that feeling, with that mindset, with that atmosphere, and you don't have to try to get to the place where at least we can leave feeling relief, but you start there. I'm telling you why. It just it feels like unlimited potential. And Lord, you could do anything at all right now. That should be my life. Why is my? Why would that not be my life? Amen. I encourage you to greet one another, men. Remember, we have our uh, meeting tomorrow. Tomorrow night at 7 at Northtown Coffee. 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Amen. Greet one another and you're dismissed.